Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. And now let's see if indeed we actually are on the air. (laughs) I tried this a little while ago and through a glitch, couldn't talk to anybody. So we'll just get straight to the calls and see if we can talk to somebody tonight and hope this works. I am now hopefully talking to area code 937. Hello, are you there? I'm there. How are you, Joe? I'm fine. Thank you. You must be traveling in a car. I'm about to stop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was a little hard to hear there for a second. I'm glad you can hear me. It is open mic night. Can you give me a first name, even if it's not your real first name, but a first name so we can interact with each other? Uh, Jamie. Janie? Yes. Okay, Janie, how can I help you tonight? Um, I just had a quick question because I spoke to you before, and I don't want to take up a lot of your time. Um, I've been separated for 15 months with my husband out of state. But the other mm-hmm. woman, I'm not sure if you remember my situation with my oldest son um, that doesn't visit. Um, I just had a question. Um, he came back in October and got this apartment. Um, he had, doesn't really spend a whole lot of time there with the kids like was originally planned. I don't even know if he still has it. Um, but ever since then, when the other woman pulled him back, he's went back to just really distant and um, just mm-hmm. reaching out every couple weeks when he wants to see the kids. And I thought he was going into phase three. Sounds like he might be going back. But is this normal behavior? Um, Because the last time he visited the kids was um, last Sunday. And I was completely fine, you know, just going to go pick up my son. And he Mm -hmm. automatically says, you know, you need to talk to our oldest son because he's being mean to the middle one, which he's not. Mm Um, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, and he's like, you really need to get, to get a hold of that. And he just was kind of grumpy. And I'm like, um, okay. Like he doesn't know what's going on at the house. So right. that went to, he's like, and I'm not, I'm not going to this workshop. And I didn't bring the work uh, workshop up since August. So mm-hmm. it just kind of, this was the first time he really got frustrated. I mean, he wasn't like yelling, but he was like, you know, you just you need to stop, you know, Telling mm-hmm. these kids that, you know, this is going to work out and you're just that we are going to get divorced and, you know, nothing's been filed. He keeps saying that since October. Um, mm-hmm. But I just didn't know if that behavior is normal. Like to, and then he went distant and didn't hear anything from him for two weeks. And then today mm-hmm. he's trying to be all friendly. Like, I'll be there <laughs> tomorrow to get whoever wants to visit. Like, I'm, you know, you hurt my feelings. You expect me just to be like, oh, okay, just mm-hmm. calm, strong, gentle, which I'm trying to be. I can understand. So basically you're saying, is this normal, abnormal behavior, right? 
behaving yeah, it's like normal, it's, it's normal and abnormal know. behavior, right? Because as I, if yeah. I recall correctly, you have two sons and a daughter. Is that correct? Am I remembering that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And the older correct. son, the oldest son, doesn't want anything to do with dad because dad is living in contradiction to what dad has taught him. The next son down has vacillated, if I remember correctly. He has yes gone between wanting to be with dad and not. And I can't remember about the daughter. Where, where is she in all of this? She's the she's the same. She's actually to the point now where she doesn't even want to go, but she's afraid mm-hmm. to tell her dad because now he. Right you know, vacillated so much that she feels like she's like, I don't want to live with dad, you know? How old is she? 10. 10. Okay. In the situation that you're describing, yes, I I do recall. I don't know. I don't remember every caller. Let's just be happy. I remember this. Okay. The, uh, Mm -hmm. the situation you're describing, do we see that? Absolutely. We do. And, And it can go. Remember that if you've listened to the program I did on the three phases of limerence, I talked about in mm-hmm. that program that it's not a straight line up, straight line across, straight line down. In other words, phase one is not straight up or even a straight slant. And, you know, the second stage, which is crystallization, is not flat. And the third, deterioration, is not a straight slanted line down either. It is wiggly right. everywhere. It's wiggly going up. It's wiggly in the middle in that stage two. And it's wiggly in stage three. And sometimes these wiggles loop. <laughs> I mean, they actually loop back up a little yeah. bit. Because we're dealing with emotions, not with logic. And that kind of behavior that he gets irritated with you, you know, you need to fix the boy. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. I'm assuming that you reacted to that calmly, gently, but strongly. Is that correct? I did. And one thing that he said, which is now I remember what I wanted to ask you, is um, when he was saying this, I was like, can we talk for a minute? And he, uh, he's like, can we get in the car? It's cold. So the kids were in my car and I got in his car because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to have that discussion with them in the car. Mm-hmm. And um, right. we got in the car and he was just, he was frustrated. And um, I said, look, he's like, I don't, he, I said, this workshop's not just about saving marriages. It's about co-parenting and we need to co-parent and all that. And he had said something about why now? He's like, why now? He's like, after 15 years, I said, you know, I do love you. And he hit the steering wheel and he was like, no, you don't love me. He's like, Mm. 15 years. No, you don't love me. He's like, and now that now that I'm saying divorce and now that I've I'm with this person, now all of a sudden you want me. Yeah. And that was our last conversation. I I teared up. I'm not going to lie, but I kind of held my composure and not like I wasn't begging him or nothing because I haven't done it the whole time, but. Right. Well, it's it's okay to be human. It really is. Okay. And yeah. we, we don't expect you to be all of a sudden, you know, a superhero type with, it, it just doesn't happen. It's okay to be human. Right. It still sounds to me like the things you're doing are the right things to do. The anger, remember the general principle that anger is always based on pain. It could be the pain mm-hmm. of I'm not getting what I want. It could be the pain of inside of me I'm torn because I'm leaving my three children and my marriage of 16 years. I mean, I'll guarantee you there's some kind of pain. Did you just fall into a bed of water? It sounded no. like you fell into a pool. Are you okay? No, <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I'm good. I don't know what that was. <laughs> okay, I thought, my goodness, she drove into a, <laughs> into a lake. Okay, no. I just want to make, want to make sure no, that you're all right. it's not that bad. <laughs> okay, all right. Just want to make sure you're okay. It, the short answer is yes. What you're seeing is very typical. And the fact that it was kind or at least gentle again today, that's, that's pretty typical too. Remember that line 
is not only squiggly, sometimes it's wiggly. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it loops. Sometimes it does. I am still proud of you and I'm still proud of your son. Not that I'm not proud of your other kids. It just seems that this, uh, what is he like 15? If I recall something like that. Yeah, he's 15. I mean, you can see the pain. I mean, he's really Mm -hmm. struggling, but he is Mm -hmm. holding firm. I mean, he's not completely like, I hate my dad, but you can see Mm -hmm. the pain. Than the frustration, but he's holding strong on that. And I put on my Facebook in response to someone today, you know, I look at him, I'm standing for my husband because I know he's a good person doing a bad thing. I'm standing for my kids also. But when I look Mm -hmm. at my son, he's a big reason as to why I continue to follow these principles and to try to get this marriage together because he amazes me. He amazes me too. So please give him my regards. It's good to talk to you. Got a lot of callers, but keep doing what you're doing. Okay. Okay. You're doing good. Thank you All right, so much. Thank you. You're very welcome. And now we're going to area code 614. Hello, you're on the Dr. Joe Show. Hello? Yes, can you hear me now? Yes. Hi, Dr. Joe. I am Joe. so this... happy. I'm so happy you can hear me. About an hour oh. ago, we tried this, and it just didn't work at all. I know. So <laughs> give me a first, a first name, please, that I can call you. This is Natalie. Natalie. Okay, Natalie. And how can I help you this evening? I just need some encouragement. Um, going through a really bad time right now. Um, my husband, of 15 years, um, I found out the end of October, um, was cheating on me with a woman that lives on our property we rent to, and she worked mm. for me. Mm. Um, he's now living with her in the trailer that we rented to her. Um mm-hmm. We normally spend winters in Key West, Florida, in our RV, and, of course, he took her this year. Mm, um, I'm so sorry. And, um, and then a few weeks ago, he started talking to me and telling me that he didn't want to be with her anymore, um, how she was cold, blah, blah, blah. And back and forth, back and forth, he sent her home and wanted me to come down. Um, I went back and forth about it, even drove part of the way there and told him that I wasn't going to come down. He finally talked me into it. And I get down there, and um, all he can do is tell me how much he misses her. He just wants Mm. to get on a plane and go home to her. Um, But he's never been loved. Like, she loved Mm. him. Mm. And he Mm. he, he, he didn't understand how he could be happy to see me. And sad to see her go at the same time. Okay. Um, so let me make sure I understand what you're saying. Let me make sure I understand. So he did yeah. tell her to leave. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. He's and he's mourning the fact that she left. And I know yeah. that I know that hurts you deeply. I know that hurts you deeply. Uh-huh. Is it still over? Is he trying to get back no. with her, or is it still okay? No. And so, um, I'm, how can I help yeah. you specifically then? Um, well, I just want to make sure that it's it's vacillation and it's not the end mm-hmm. because I, while I was down there, um, I told him that um, I have a good chance of um, having a cancer in one of my salivary glands. Mm-hmm. Um, I told him, and he he left and flew home back to her. Since and, I mean, since since he ended it, he's gone back to her. Yeah, he left me down there. He left you down there, and he went to be with her. Yeah. 
Okay, I misunderstood that earlier. I thought you said that they were still apart, so I misunderstood. No, no, no. He came back here to her, I mean, within hours of me telling him um, about the cancer. And um, he left me down there by myself, 1,500 miles away from my friends and family, and came back here to her. Now they, are you I still down home. there? Are you back? Are you back with your family now? Um, I called my son, and he flew down, and um, he drove back with me. Okay, so uh, you're back home. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, how can I? How can I help you? Just now, he's just saying that he just—he's being very calm about it and telling me that it's over. Hmm. Does it sound like vacillation, or does it sound like it's just done? Because my son's suffering, and I'm suffering, and he's allowing her to. um, They shut my phone off the other day. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, He's been texting me horrible things. She's texting me pictures of herself. Um, Okay, do you you have an attorney? Yes, yes. Okay, are you you saving all of these texts? Yeah, yeah. I am actually... Um, called the police this last time. And, okay, um, and are you making um, these texts available to your attorney? Yes, yes. Okay. He's All right, because not real we have, worried about we have, her right now, though. Oh, he doesn't want to be with her? Focus on her? No, the attorney doesn't want to focus on her. Yeah, we'll get another attorney, maybe. Just, yeah. Because you want um, an attorney. Now, I can't tell you. Uh, let me take back what I just said when I said get another attorney. Uh-huh. That's, not, that's not my right to tell you what to do. But I hope that you have an attorney, and if you don't, that you get yeah. an attorney who understands that yeah. that you want to bring about as much negative consequence to yeah. your husband's decisions as possible, not not because of the fact that you want vengeance, because vengeance does yeah. bad things to you, but yeah. so that he understands the full consequence of his behavior. And if an attorney, uh, attorney understands that, then, the, then that would... That could, I'm not an attorney, I can't tell an attorney what to do either, but that could lead an attorney to actually use those texts and those things as well as in a way that, and again, we're not looking for vengeance because that's bad for everybody, but in a sense of, okay, if this is what's going to happen, if this is the game that's going to be played by them or by her, then we will use that to our advantage. Now, yeah. I'm glad you have an attorney, and a, is it a female or a male attorney? Which one is it? A uh, male, yeah, male. Okay. And do you have a lot of confidence in him? Um, for the divorce, yes. Um, for for this part, no, because I, um, I mean, she's driven to my house before. Um, she's had her daughter coming, looking in the windows of our barn to see if his truck was here. Um, I'm actually okay. filing um, the reports tomorrow and I was worried about that too because I'm afraid that's going to push him away even farther but well, I can't have him doing this for me anymore it may Okay, first of all, I'm so, so sorry for your pain. I really am. I know you're hurting. And I, I, don't, I surely don't mean to sound callous because I know that pain is deep and intense. And it breaks, it breaks my heart to hear it. But, you know, doing what you need to do to take care of yourself is not a bad thing. And the fact that you will follow your attorney's advice, will that probably make your husband angry? The answer is probably so. But think about this. I mean, think about how heartless it was to get you to come all the way down there, open up himself to you, 
find out that you're dealing with this health problem and then to abandon you. So I'm not, I'm not trying to paint him out as an evil man, but what he's doing right now is really, really bad. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. And so therefore really bad. And I agree. It's really bad. And to have your attorney do the things that the attorney needs to do. I understand your fear that it will push him further away. And, and obviously I'm not God. I cannot tell you how your husband's going to react to everything, but here's the general principle by being strong. And I know it's hard to be strong when you hurt so badly. I know that. And particularly you've got two major things going on here, a marriage thing and a health thing. And that's, that's a lot. I mean, that's a whole lot, but, but to be as strong as you can and tell the attorney, be my gladiator fight for me. And if your husband gets mad and if he says bad things to you, what you do is you respond something like this, you know, I don't want the divorce. And if you want to end that and put this back together and commit to do that, I'll be glad to. But as long as you persist in doing what you're doing, I will follow my attorney's advice. And if he gets angrier, just stay calm and just say, well, I'm sorry you don't understand, but I will follow my attorney's advice as long as you're proceeding on this path. Let the attorney be the bad guy. Let him take the brunt of his stuff. Alice, Back in those, you know, Alice and I have been remarried now nearly 30 years, but we were divorced for three. And Alice stood very, very strong against me when I did the bad things I did. I I, I don't know that I could have abandoned her if I knew that she was struggling with that big a health thing. But maybe I would have. I was, I mean, I was so messed up in the head. Maybe I would have. I don't know. And so I'm encouraging you, my friend. I know it's hard because you've got two major burdens here. But if you can, be very strong, listen to your attorney, do what you need to do, and find as much support as you can from people who love you and care about you and who'll be there for you. And while this is going to be really, really hard, try not to think too much about what he has done to you and what he is doing to you. It'll be difficult not to. But the more you run those things through your mind, the more it's going to hurt. Right now, I hope, I hope, my friend, you can focus on your health. Get, you know, you take care of you. Get your son to be there for you. And don't, don't worry about doing these things with your attorney because, in my opinion, my professional opinion, you're doing the right things. And, yeah, it may push them away for a little while. The strength you show has a lot greater chance of bringing him back than if he thinks he can just run over you. I am so sorry. I promise you, if I had... If I had a magic wand, I promise you I'd wave it for you. I really I would. Know. And I mean, everything worked me. so well for me. I mean, I did what I was supposed to do when he was telling mm-hmm. me all these things, and I was trying mm-hmm. to help him, and he just kept saying, how do I just get over her? How do I get over mm-hmm. her? And I just kept trying to talk to him, and he said, he's, and he'd tell me, you know, you're supporting me so much. He said, you're going to be mm-hmm. rewarded for this. And then he just left. I understand. A, well, you will he's a be. He's a wonderful, wonderful man. Just, okay. Nobody knows well, him now. I'll, I hope and pray he comes to his senses. I really do. I've got so many callers waiting. I'm going to need to go. But yeah. My, my yeah. heart breaks for you. Be strong, my friend. Be strong. Okay. And then we're going to go to area code 256. Hello, 256. You're on the Dr. Joe Show. Hello, Dr. Joe. How are you? I. Uh, pretty good, other than uh, my marriage crisis. Uh, <laughs> yeah, other, other than that little thing. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry, my friend. Um, 
Thanks. Um, so my story is uh been married 12 years. Uh, I was 28 when I got married. Wife was 18. She was homeschooled, both uh, hardcore practicing Catholics, uh, adamantly opposed to divorce our whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got four kids that are healthy, ages mm-hmm. 2 to 11, uh, three boys and a girl. Uh, we had four miscarriages and a oh, little girl wow. that was still, still yeah, the, the, those were, uh, I think those were really the downfall in my marriage. Uh, yeah. That, and uh, we had a little girl stillborn at 35 weeks. Oh. And uh, that was probably 2011, 2012 time frame uh, uh, four of those losses occurred. And, uh, after the stillborn uh, little girl at 35 weeks, I didn't know it at the time. I found out last January in a psychologist's office that uh, my wife tried to overdose on Lortabs. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it, she, she had a postpartum depression with the, the children that lived, uh, much less, much more the ones that, that, that didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a incident here there with a cutting, you know, self, self-mutilation and uh, yeah. uh and uh, I worked a lot of hours, uh, 2012, my average work week at the end of the year, and you divide the total hours by 52, I worked uh, 63 hours a week on average. Hmm. Um, that was how I dealt with the depression, and then she felt abandoned, and I, I didn't see that at yeah. the time. Yeah. So uh, so in October of uh, 2015, she had been having an emotional affair with a, a man she met through Facebook, and... Uh, I came home one day, and her and the four kids were gone. She uh, went to New York from uh, mm. from Alabama, where we, where we live. It took mm. me two weeks to figure out that that's where she had gone. Yeah. Um, so you didn't know where your kids were for those two weeks? That's correct. I had wow. no idea. Um, and uh, the day after she left, a police officer showed up and had a restraining order written against me. So that even if I found out where they were, um, I couldn't go to them. The restraining order was written on an incident from five days prior to that. Uh, I got up for work, and uh, wife actually got up with me that, this morning, that morning and said, I had a terrible dream last night. I dreamed that you choked me in my sleep. I said, well, I, I, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, hey, listen, i got to run. I'll be late for work. And so uh, I left and think anything more of it. Well, that police officer showed up with a restraining order, and that was written out as if it had been a real event, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, Wow. And uh, later on, uh, the thing in New York, she stayed with that guy for five days. He wasn't what she thought he was. Uh, she came home, mm-hmm. said she didn't have a real affair, and I just believed her and took her back. Mm-hmm. Um, I want, wanted to believe her. Um, mm-hmm. January 1st. Uh, so where is she now? So uh, I'm trying to go quick. I know you're pressed for time. January 1st, we started living together again. Um and I started doing everything I could around the house, all the dishes, all the laundry, cooking, cleaning, everything. And then uh, March 20th, she left me again for a different man that she'd been having a real affair with for the three weeks prior to that. Um, and where so did she meet March, this guy? Playing a game called Words with Friends over the Internet. He's from a town about so, an hour away from Austin. Okay, so both men she met on the Internet. That's correct. Okay. All right, and is she with him now? Yes. Um, March 19th, we went on a, a date. One of the things I implemented when we got back together was date night. I tried everything I could, and I truly changed to, to just try to meet everything I could imagine she wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, it still wasn't enough. Uh, 
she was diagnosed and we got back together by a psychologist as having uh, major depressive disorder, moderate and right. recurring. That's the exact phrase he called it, and high anxiety right. and uh, suicidal tendencies. So her cure for that was to have an affair with this guy. And yeah. she got in limerence with him, and now she feels good, and she says, well, my husband must be the problem. And our divorce becomes final uh, March 8th of this year. Mm-hmm. So, okay, now I hear a child in the background. So, is, are the children with you? I have one here. Uh, he mm-hmm. came in for a second. I told him. I told him he had to go away. He didn't even hear this, so he uh, he's back out of the room. But, no, yeah, it's, it's uh, fine. I'm not, not, I'm not. I'm just trying to find out. So, the kids do they still live with her, or does one live with you? What's the situation? So, we have a temporary temporary custody, fifty fifty. We swap on Sundays. Um, she's renounced. Uh, Christianity altogether hates God. Says the most blasphemous things you can imagine, and uh, we yeah. carry him to church on Sundays. So we swap on Sunday mornings, and I carry him to church uh, each week. One Sunday we swap before church, another Sunday we swap after church. Uh, but it's a seven on seven off, and I've got a real good case against her for custody, and I think I can get primary when we go to court. Yeah. But where my where my questions are going. Um, I've heard a lot of people not in the marriage helper circle say what you need to do is file for an annulment and start dating somebody else. And when she sees you've moved on, she'll want to come back. But that's that's not really the marriage helper methods. So I kind of wanted to hear what your thoughts are on why that usually doesn't work. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me. I'm glad to answer that. But let me go back to the kids for a minute. So. Sure. You are you are going to if if this thing goes the course here, you're going to try to get the kids. Is that right? Absolutely. She's uh yeah. Every chance she has gotten to choose the the LO over her kids, she's she's taken. Uh, she brings them back in the middle of her weeks for me to watch them while she goes yeah. out with him. Uh, okay. And she doesn't know so, that I know that's why he's. Okay, sure. but but based on uh, her mental condition, emotional condition, et cetera, et cetera, you. I'm, I'm interpreting that you actually feel it would be safer for the children to be with you than with her. Is that what Absolutely. you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's not even and, a... and if you have the right documentation, a judge very, very likely will back that because I, I know you love your wife. I know you'd like to fix this thing, but I also know you love your children and, and uh, you of all people based on the tragedies you guys have had with children that didn't make it, know how precious that gift is to have those children. And so let me tell you, sir, I applaud your desire to do what's best for the kids. You do realize that may push her further away, but I applaud you're doing what's best, what's right, what's good for your children and good for you. Now, when it comes back to the question you ask, is it possible that if you went ahead, and I'm assuming you're saying annulment because of being Catholic, is that correct? Yes, sir, that's right. Okay. Right. Okay. That so, if you so pursue the adult, mm-hmm. yeah, and I realize I that. I, uh, I understand that, that, uh, that that's the way you do through Catholics. You do annulment. I understand that. I get it. And and that if you then got the annulment and then you started to date again, that it may make her want to come back. Is that a possibility? And the answer is, yeah, it is a possibility, because if you think about it in life, nearly anything is a possibility. What you have to think of sure. is in terms of probability. And most of the time, as a matter of fact, there's a thing called, well, if you start looking at all the various things in social sciences that, that can measure the strength of a dyadic relationship, or in other words, you know, like a marriage, 
then one of the things they look for is how often have you ever considered or talked about the possibility of divorce? Now, let me go ahead and explain this in a little further detail. What that means is that by the very, the very first time, and this is kind of a known phenomenon out there, that one of you says, I think I'll divorce you, or I think I may want to get a divorce or whatever, it actually begins to erode the relationship because now that possibility has been introduced, not just into one brain, but into two brains. Now, can a person sometimes, when they finally realize the other person is serious, go, oh my goodness, what have I done? Let me straighten out. Yes, I've seen it. But it's a greater likelihood that it actually gives the other person impetus to move further away. Like, okay, good. I don't feel as guilty because you're going to do this. And therefore I feel freer to do what I want to do, which in a situation such as you describe with her having the emotional difficulties that she's having. And I can certainly see why I mean, you guys have been through more tragedy than most people will ever face in a lifetime. And I can see how that would, you know, cause this kind of emotional disturbance with her. But if you threaten divorce or I'm going to get annulment and move on, or I've got the annulment, I'm moving on. The, the risk of that not pulling her back to you is really, really very high. So we always suggest this. If you're going to do it, do it. But don't do it with the idea that, well, this is going to make the other person come back. Because that's probably not going to happen. Now, if they do, good for you. But they probably aren't. And so if you're going to do something like an annulment or a divorce, do it because that's what you have decided to do as being the best future solution for you and your children, not as a methodology to try to get her to come back to you. Okay. Um, the other question I have is a same situation, but it's, it's drastically different uh, question. So uh, I know your background is a, um, a sexologist. Is that, is that the right mm -hmm. term? Yes. Mm -hmm. so, so you might be the only person that can answer this, knowing about limerence and about that. Um, so my wife is different than any woman I've ever been with before in that uh, she, uh, every time we had sex, she had multiple orgasms. I mean, usually mm -hmm. would have several before we would actually even have sex. Usually she'd have several during foreplay. Mm -hmm. And I heard your podcast on sex, and you said from the time of penetration to the time of climax, it was really short. It was like five minutes or, or less. Yeah, three, that was, three. Right. But that's not the case with you, right? No, it was always. I mean, there was, it was usually at least 15 minutes or more of foreplay, and she'd have several orgasms then. And then when we would actually have sex, that would go on for, for a while. You know, I would say at least mm -hmm. 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes most of the time. And wow. uh, maybe and, you should be teaching a class on sex. Make sure you're listening <laughs> to you. <laughs> okay. And so, what's and the uh, be, what's the okay? What's the question here? Okay. Okay. And what I would do to make things go that long, I just wouldn't even think about what was going on. I would think about work or something else, just get my mind off of it. And then when it was time for me to finish. I would pay attention to what I was doing. Hmm. But well. uh, but uh. The the question is, with her being like that, mm -hmm. you know, having multiple orgasms and, and just, you know, being ridiculously different than, than most women, the L.O.'s wife of 18 years that he divorced last October to be with my wife um, was probably not like that. Um, 
Right now, the cost for him is $2,500 a month to his ex-wife. He had to buy a $170,000 townhouse. He has a $38,000 sports car he's making payments on. So this guy's paying a lot of money. Will he decide to be with a woman like that is worth the cost? I mean, when limerence fades, you know, one of the things you've said is that when you start to count the cost, it's not worth what you have mm-hmm. to pay for that relationship. Will this Consider- guy decide? Mm-hmm. And so the question I hear, tell me me if I'm hearing it right, it's because she is so sexual that he might think that a good trade. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. Eh, You know, who knows what a particular person is going to think? I mean, and I know that we're thinking, okay, well, we know that guys think alike about sex, but actually we don't. (laughs) And believe it or not, men are just as complicated when it comes to sex as are women. Our plumbing is not quite as complicated, but we are just as complicated when it comes to sex. And there's a thing. Now, how long were you and your wife married? Or have you been married? 12, uh, 12 years. And she is still just as sexual in, at year 12 as she was in year one? Yeah. And, and actually, I would, I would say more so because she comes up with more and more things to do. Okay. And if I may ask, what age is she? She uh, she just turned 31. Okay. All right. So just turned 31, so she's still relatively a young woman. Well, it's it sounds like that she does have a stronger sex drive than most people, not just women, but most people. And that, obviously, she is, uh, her body is well-tuned. If a woman's having that many orgasms, then things are put together right in terms of anatomical things, et cetera, et cetera. I'm trying to be careful just in case kids are listening to this. I could be more specific if we were doing a different program, you understand. Might he say that's worth it? Yeah, maybe. But, you know, I, I see you have an Alabama area code here, so can I kind of speak? I, I uh, was born in Alabama. Can I kind of speak southern redneck here just a little bit, if I may? Is it okay? Sure. Okay. You know, there you've, you've heard that old joke when some beautiful woman walks by, and I'm going to be careful about the way I say it. Somebody goes, there goes a woman that some guy's tired of making love. <laughs> similar way, right? Right. You've heard that old joke. Right? Now, I know that sounds sexist, and I just lost every female listener out there who said, I cannot believe Joe you said that. But I'm trying not to be sexist. I'm trying to say that in any relationship, it's what's called habituation. That, that there is a thing built in with the human beings that as we've been as we've been together with another person for a long period of time, those things are not quite as intense for us as they were before. Now, the fact that she's still as sexual in year twelve as year one is actually pretty extraordinary. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he is going to be like that, and that after a while, no matter no matter what, it can become what's called sexual habituation, which can lead to a thing that named sexual boredom, boredom, I'm sorry, boredom. The fact that she tends to be inventive, based on what you said, indicates that that might not happen. But I don't know that we could assume that any man, including that man, would say, well, it's worth it to me just for the sex. He may. But as he gets older, things begin to change as well. Back when they wrote back, uh, oh, back in the fifties and sixties, when a lot of success books came out about how people become successful, many of those people pointed out that most men never truly hit success until after the age 40. And that one reason for that is because that strong sex drive they used to have now starts going into different areas. Now, 
All of that's to say, I can't predict what will happen with her. I can't. Or with him, I can't. But that I wouldn't bet the farm that that kind of sex would be worth that kind of price. You know, it may be, but I, I, if, I, if I were in your shoes, I wouldn't be worrying about that. I really wouldn't. I'd be worried more about why she's so depressed. And that's, if anything's going to tear apart the next relationship, it's going to be that. Not sex, it keeps it together, but it's that that tears it apart. Right. Okay. All right, well, I've got many more callers here, my friend. Anything else I can help you with? Right quick. No, that was, that was the two big questions. Thanks so much, Joe. Okay, you're welcome. And then we're going down here to area code 704. Hello, 704. You're on the Dr. Joe Show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You're very welcome. How may I help you tonight? Um, my husband has broken off his affair. It was a 15-month affair that was started emotional and became physical cross-country. Mm-hmm. Um threatened to end his life um, if we got a divorce so he was uh-huh. forced to end it um, mm-hmm. my question is he's it's, they've been cut off for four months um, I found out about it six months ago so there was a period of time there where he was picking the relationship over our family it's just starting to come to light how much his affair affected our entire family and our children and how much damage it did Mm-hmm. He compartmentalized it and believed that it was not um, impacting anybody else and that it was just this piece in his head where he was sort of having a, what he called it a um, independent relationship or a, a isolated relationship. Hmm. Um, he's, he said that she was the love of his life, the best person he's ever met, a once-in-a-lifetime love, um, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Now that it's coming to light, I found out he's not her first affair. Um, He's a very moral, good person. So we had a marital problem. He broke. There were stressors. And and he did that whole cognitive dissonance. Um, Mm -hmm. His morals broke off. He's Mm -hmm. waking up and realizing how bad everything is. And he's just starting to say, I don't necessarily see her as the best person in the world. I'm judging her the same as I'm judging myself and we did an awful, awful thing. Is mm-hmm. there a chance that, that he will be able to wake up to basically they used each other for needs. She was unhappy in her marriage. Um, he was unhappy here and felt like I didn't love him. Um, mm-hmm. I was, he was never good enough for me as he mm-hmm. keeps having to face this stuff. Um, is it likely coming out of all the limerence that he'll realize that she did, she wasn't any of those things really to him. No, I don't know if I could say not any of those things, but at least not the way he had placed it in his mind. Yes. That's what he's you starting know. to say. He was mm-hmm. desperate for someone to love him for who he was. Mm-hmm. And he's just never experienced that before. And she, I believe she actually manipulated him into the relationship. And I would never would have said that before. And I think it's silly when people think that. But now that more things are coming out, it's like she, she happened to be vacationing the same time he was going to be in this other place. And, and she mm-hmm. flattered him, and she touched him first. And, you know, guys mm-hmm. are not necessarily in tune to when people are doing <laughs> that to them. Sometimes we are, but sometimes women aren't either. But, yeah, right. can people do that? Oh, I actually, several years ago, a friend of mine, his wife, actually left him for another man. And I knew something about the situation. I had lunch with him one day, and I said, you know, I know that you arranged that. 
I just don't know how. He said, what? I said, I know you wanted to get rid of her. And I know that somehow you got her into that affair. Tell me how you did it. And he did. He laid it out step by step by step. I did this and I did this and I did this because I knew oh, her goodness. well. And I knew how she would react. And she did. And so can a person manipulate another person? Absolutely. Can that then get them into deeply emotional relationships? Sure, it can. Now, I don't know that woman, obviously, and therefore I can't tell you that I'm. She has that, a lot of. Exactly they both have childhood problems, which is uh, the more I'm reading, deep mm-hmm. childhood problems. So it, it's not, it's not abnormal of what happened. All of the pieces mm-hmm. for the perfect storm came into play. Mm-hmm. But. Yep. Yeah, those things happen know. that way, and and there are people who know how to read people that well. Trust me. Now. Again, yeah. I can't speak to that specific situation, but you may well be right. Back to your original question, which is, as well, the answer is basically this. As the halo effect continues to fade, it doesn't mean that he's finally going to get to the point where he sees her as being evil, although he may. It's probably more likely that it'll just devolve into, wow, she wasn't everything I thought she was. But you understand that um, one reason he may not get all the way to the point of thinking you're this terrible person is because he's not that able then to, especially if he loved her that much, he, he won't it, be able to think of her as a bad person. That's definitely a big part of it, without a doubt. Another part of it mm-hmm. is about the indictment to self. Like how how could I not see that? The long and short of it is this: it's good that he's losing the halo effect. Excellent. And you are definitely right that they fulfill various needs within each other. That always happens. I mean, that's what sets these things up. And now that you know how much of a need he has for that, I'm not saying that you have to before. He just wasn't feeding my need. Listen, through you guys and a whole bunch, I've learned so much more. I'm a completely different person. I started doing the pies before I knew what pies were. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Good for you. Actually, Alice did too. Of course, you know, that was over 30 years ago and we didn't know all these things, but she did the pies and we didn't know what the pies were. And and they definitely brought me back Uh, along with a whole lot of other things. Good for you. Well, you sound to me like an extremely intelligent person. And, And you said he's really a good man at heart, right? Oh, my gosh, he's the best, most moral man I had ever met. And I understand how the situation came about. I'm not that understanding that he picked it. But, I mean, I'm understanding. I'm compassionate. I'm I'm angry that he picked it. Right, <laughs> and right. And for so long, you know. Um, he's having to come to terms. Just for these other men out there that are wondering, our son actually got to the point because he came so obsessed and so completely taken by this that somebody would care about him when he felt so bad by my rejections. Our son actually ended up trying to kill himself because mm. his father, he felt his father didn't love him anymore. His dad didn't yeah. realize he was always on the phone, always neglecting us and the kids. The tone in the house was horrible. Mm-hmm. He didn't realize what an insane impact it had on everybody. It just brought poison all around us. Oh. And our family mm-hmm. was falling apart. No one knew why, but mm. We figured it out. <laughs> so yeah. people who are having affairs and saying this isn't hurting the kids, it's so wrong. The kids oh. suffered <laughs> insanely. You are so right. This, this new part of our uh, nonprofit that, we're, that is very actively being put together is called whataboutme.org. And, yes, and that's listening. all about the kids and a lot it's of great horrible. work. Yeah, but a lot of great work's being done in that group that, that's part of our organization. I don't work in that particular area. 
but I work closely with the people that do and the, and the things they're going to have to help parents understand just what you said. Everything affects right. the kids, think this thing through, but also to give tools to like you and even to your husband about how do you help the kids and things that will be directly for the kids. Uh, it'll be uh, some of that's actually going to be aligned before too very long within a few months. But I really appreciate you saying that to everybody out there. It, it does affect It's devastating. Everybody. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually considering coming to um, the 911 workshop with me. Um, Great. Would you guys talk about trying to break down what the relationship between your fair partner and you really are, about how it's more of like a fantasy in your head as opposed to what you really think you're experiencing in the limerence of that you're not seeing things clearly? No. Do you cover that me, kind of stuff? No. Not like that. Let me explain why. Okay. If, if you've got people sitting in the room who are in the middle of limerence, like in yeah. phase two crystallization, and if we start talking like that, how do you think they oh, run? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what we do is we, we, uh, we tell our stories. You know, I have a story about limerence. Many of our leaders do. And, and then we make ourselves available. And it's often in the breaks and those kinds of things where that kind of conversation starts taking place. And we're very careful not to look at somebody and say, you're living in a fantasy world. We talk about the fantasy world that we lived in when we were doing our thing. And so we talk about those things, but not in a way that's confrontational, not in a way that's telling the other person, you don't know what you feel. Uh, We give great respect to everybody in that workshop. No matter what situation they're in, we treat everybody with tremendous respect. Otherwise, the workshop would not work. So would he benefit? Would you two benefit by being there? Absolutely. Will he learn things about limerence even more than he does now? Yeah, but not so much in what we start teaching in point one, point two, point three, but in what we start illustrating with our lives and the lives of the people we've worked with, where they, where they start going, oh, wow, I know that one. I was there. Oh, I understand that now. Oh, that makes sense to me. And that's the way it works. And it works extremely well. Great. So when do you he's, think you might he's come? Still block- well, it, it just, I've just sent him the link from mm-hmm. tomorrow, you know, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> But, yeah, know, well, there's one starting at 8 o'clock in the morning, if you can be here. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that far away. Well, okay. um, he's working across country now, actually. But um, he's stuck on where he broke two years ago when he started all this, thinking mm-hmm. that he's not feeling the in-love feelings with me because I rejected him for so long and hurt him. Mm-hmm. He's not knowing how, a path to get past that. A lot mm-hmm. of things you guys say in your stuff is, we give you the path. Um, mm-hmm. You, do you teach how to reconnect and, and mm-hmm. have a path Absolutely. for your marriage? Okay, Absolutely. Good. Good. Absolutely, we do. All right. All right, thank you for calling. Well, hopefully I'll hope be there soon. <laughs> I'd love to see you. Okay, you take care. All right, and we're going to go down, down to area code 724. Hello, 724, you're there. Hi, Hi Joe. It's Erica. How are you? Are you uh, say, I think that number is in the Pittsburgh area. Is that right? Uh, it is, yeah. I haven't talked yeah, to you in good. a while, but I just... I just wanted to give you an update and get your opinion kind of on where I am now in my situ- in my situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to r- remind you, I guess. Um, so my husband um, has been in an affair since um, like November of 2015. He and the other mm-hmm. women have a baby together. Um, the baby is four months old now. Mm-hmm. So he is still living um, with her at her house. Um, mm-hmm. He serving me with um, separation papers, 
three days after Christmas, sir. And he didn't tell me they were coming, so I was totally blindsided by it. Um, um, I was able to get a 30-day extension on the response, so I have to respond by tomorrow. So I've had to retain, retain an attorney. <clears throat> um, my husband has yet to ask me about the papers, acknowledge that I got the papers, anything. There's been no conversation about it at all. Um, so I have to respond tomorrow, by tomorrow. Um, in consulting with several attorneys, um, everybody thinks the best option is to respond with, with um, filing for divorce instead of keeping the separation. Um, mm-hmm. In my state, the separation, you're married at the end of it. It's not, um, you're, you, just, you remain married, basically. Okay, can, can, um, I, can I ask a question here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, do, do you have a cold or something like that? Yes. Because, uh, okay, I was yes. wondering if my ears had completely abandoned me because no. I'm having real, I'm having real trouble understanding <laughs> because of your cold. So let me see, let me see if I heard at least the gist of this because I'm having trouble understanding. Sorry. Uh, that some, okay, hey, it's okay. You're sick, okay. That <laughs> that something came up and very quickly, and that you've got to wind up, you have to wind up being in some kind of a legal situation tomorrow. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, he filed for um, basically separation. Uh huh. Um, and he, he served me three days after Christmas. Okay. So um, I was able to get a 30-day extension on the original response date, um, okay. which is basically tomorrow. Okay. Now. And and so how may, how may I help you? Um, I'm just curious. So <clears throat> I'm going to respond with divorce. Um, that's not what I want at all. Like I'm still mm-hmm. standing and fighting, um, but that's what I'm going to respond with because that's the best thing to protect my son and I. <clears throat> gotcha. So I'm just curious kind of how you would proceed with the interactions with my husband because he is still nice to me. He has never vilified me. Um, he has said things like, you know, I know this is, I brought all of this upon myself. He also recently lost his job. Mm. Um, so he has no money now to pay the attorney, um, yeah. which is super fun. Um, so I'm just curious kind of how you would navigate the water. I did give him a heads up how I would be responding because mm-hmm. I didn't want him to be blindsided by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wrote him like a letter that basically just stated that I did not want a divorce and I still thought we could work through our issues. Um, mm-hmm. But I wanted to let him know how I would be responding and that it's not what I wanted, basically. Okay. Um, he's yet to acknowledge, but we've okay. had conversations since then. So I'm just kind of curious how to, you know, interact okay. with him now in this process. Oh, right. I understand. Now, even though you're, uh, you're Eric Coates Pittsburgh, if I'm remembering, do you live in South Carolina yes. by some chance? Okay. All right. I'm remembering yeah. who you yeah. are now. Okay. Uh, I don't always remember our callers, but the story was getting more and more accurate here. The, uh, I mean, more and more in my memory, like, I think I know who this is. Yes. Well, I can't, obviously I can't tell you what to do legally. You understand that. And in anything else we talk about, all I can do is give you suggestions. It really has to be your decision because I don't have to live with your consequences. Now, the fact that he's lost his job, he can't really pay the attorney all that much, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't give you a reason to be mean, but it may give right. you a reason it, that wouldn't give you a reason to be mean about it. Like, okay, he can't afford this. Well, let, let me stick it to him, but it might give you a methodology to make him really realize the consequences of his behavior. 
I think we've talked about before that you never want to do anything just to hurt the other person. That's just bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Vengeance does damage to everybody. But sometimes when a person has not had to face the consequences of his decisions and his actions, sometimes there's great value in making that happen. Now, part of that philosophy that I'm giving you comes out of AA. You understand, you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic. It's been a long time since I've been to AA, but back in the day. And, and the idea there was, you know, let's, let's not wait for people to hit bottom. Let's make a bottom for them. Hopefully they won't be as bad as the bottom they'll hit on their own. Now, I'm not saying that everybody in AA has that philosophy, but at least the people I interacted with. So sometimes it can be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some things now that are really going to hurt you, but it's not because I want to hurt you. It's not because I'm getting any pleasure out of this at all. What I really want to do is to get you to wake up and, and see the consequences of your behavior. Because if I remember correctly, at one point it was, I'm just going to go live with her for three months after the baby's born yep. because that's all she needs. And right. remember, we talked, we talked back then that, yeah, right, <laughs> that, that's, that after three months she's not going to say, I don't need you here to help take care of the baby anymore, right? And basically what's happening is she's not taking care of the baby, and, she, and he is. Like, she's pushing yeah. the baby off on him every chance that she gets. So he's, uh, now he's out of a job, so he's basically the nanny, right? Yes, because the baby um, also lost her daycare, so now they have no daycare, so he has to watch her while the girl oh. works. Well, I can't tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you what Alice did. I lost my job because of my affair. I was fired and had no income whatsoever. And when I met with Alice's attorney and I pointed out to him that I had no money, he said that was irrelevant, that the judge would decide what I had to give Alice based on my earning potential, not based on whether I had a job or not. And that if I didn't make those payments on time and as I should, then I would be facing a, another judge or the, that judge, and I might be going to spend time in the county jail and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He didn't back off one bit. He was pretty angry and mean with me. I threw a fit, but Alice wisely just basically said, I don't want the divorce. I'd like to make this thing work. But if you're going to pursue the course you're pursuing, then I'm going to listen to my attorney and do what he says. So I'm not giving you advice legally because I can't. If I were in your shoes, what I probably would do is tell my attorney, okay, he's pushed it this far. It's going to happen tomorrow. I don't want a legal separation. Let's go for the divorce. And I don't want you to be easy on him. Not because I hate him, not because I'm trying to hurt him, because I really do want him to realize the consequences of his decisions. Because if mm -hmm. I remember correctly, your husband's had a great deal of difficulty in life uh, facing up to reality. Is that yes. not what you told me? Yes. And, and you may be doing him a great favor by making him face reality. Now, again, it's your decision. But if Thank I were you. in that situation, that's probably what I would do. Thank you. Okay. Hope you get better. Get over that cold. Okay. All right. You take <laughs> care. All right. And I'm going to take one more call before hours up. Hello, area code 608. Hello, 608. You're on the Dr. Joe Show. Yes. Okay. How can I help you this Hi, evening? And I actually have a very similar question um, as, as Erica just um, had asked, that mm -hmm. I am um, getting ready to respond to my husband's petition for divorce. Um, mm -hmm. I've been through the workshops and through the course, following those things. I have my gladiator attorney. Our issue mm -hmm. right now is primarily that our nine-year-old son um, is 
not doing well um, with the transition separation. He's been diagnosed with depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. opposition and disorder. He's being referred so for special ed. And um, my husband cannot take responsibility for any of these things. Um, he, a couple of times that he has been at appointments, um, psychologists, pediatricians have flat out told him, um, because my, my husband is very emotionally numb at this point, um, yeah. and he cannot empathize with the kids, and um, they, they have told him, you need to get into counseling. You need to be doing family therapy with this child. You need to consider reconciliation. This child is emotionally fragile. Mm-hmm. It, you know, and, and he will not. Um, oh. He absolutely mm-hmm. won't consider those things. So um, we have been splitting the children 60-40 um, back and forth during the week. Um, my attorney is working on a very firm um, temporary court order in which the kids would be with me full-time. Mm-hmm. Um, he would see them every other weekend or supervised visits. Um, the other piece that we're putting in is that um, basically he needs to comply with the my son's um, recommended therapy plan or mm-hmm. I will be seeking sole custody, sole placement. Right. Um, my husband is not going to take that well and he was a really good dad and I think Mm -hmm. part of him is crying right now but um, he's going to uh, my husband is also very depressed in this his Mm -hmm. you know limerence relationship is not euphoric by any stretch how can Mm -hmm. I have the conversation with him that, um, yes, this is my attorney that's putting this forward without trying to make him more depressed. Is there anything I can do to do or say um, regarding this? That, you know, I, I don't want this. I don't want it to be that way. I, I know I you have your, your lines there. Um, I understand. At the same time, depression Depression is something that you can't really control. You understand that. I mean, he can't even control it. Depression can be helped by a good therapist. Depression can be helped by some good medicines, and there's some great medicines out there. But thinking, okay, if I say it this way, maybe he won't be as depressed as if I say it that way, is kind of a losing game in and of itself because, in my opinion, you're taking too much responsibility on you for how he's going to react. You have to do what's best for your child. You have to do what's best for you. I know that, that you believe, and you're probably right, that the best thing for your husband is for him to straighten this thing out, come home, and let's work all this out. But if he's in that depressive state, as long as he's in that depressive state, he's probably not coming back. And yep. I hope and pray. And so maybe you might talk to your attorney about something like this. Yes, I want you to be really tough. I, I need for him to face the consequences of a behavior, but understand, I don't, I don't want to be acting out of vengeance. I, I'm not trying just to hurt him, to hurt him. I don't want to do that. But maybe we can put in here that we can concede a little bit here, a little bit there, if 
he will agree to see a psychiatrist to get the right kinds of medicines for his depression and we'll see a, a certified therapist to help him with that depression. And if he'll do that, maybe I'll yield a little bit here or a little bit there. And maybe that might motivate him. I don't know him. I'm just, you know, I'm just giving ideas. I certainly don't know him. If that were to get him into getting help for his depression, he starts getting better, then everything else will be different. But right Right. now, what you're describing is a man taking no responsibility for his son's behavior, although you know why his son's acting out. And so the first thing I thought of when you said you had a 60-40 is, if he's not really taking any responsibility for his son's behavior, is it even good for the son to be with him 40% of the time? And I don't know the answer to that because I'm not a child expert. You understand? Have they appointed a a guardian ad litem for the kids? No, not at this point, because we were fairly amicable, but, um, it, and we, we still are. We, we talk every day, um, it, but he, he will not um, follow through with, even, even um, my, my son will have anger explosions. And just in terms of how, to, how we have been coached to mm-hmm. work with through through that tantrum, um, mm-hmm. he I don't I don't care what they say. I'm just gonna you know yell at him that he can't behave this way. Um, oh, that's sad. Just, so we are down down to the path that yes, either he agrees to my terms or I'm going to request a guardian ad litem. And right. Um, well, I, 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 pretty cl- I know this is hard for you, but I do very much respect and admire your standing up for your son, that you're going to do what's best for him. Because, I mean, there's a big obligation, and young lady, I admire you for standing up to it, even even when it worries you because you love this man and you wish that things would be better. It sounds to me like you've got your priorities correct here. I mean, I'm, I don't make your decisions, you do, but it sounds awfully yeah. good to me. And if you trust your attorney, I would certainly follow whatever he or she says do. All right. Thank you. Okay, you have a good evening. All right, thank you guys all for being part of our program tonight. And sorry about the earlier glitch, but finally we got it done. We'll be seeing you on Tuesday evening at 9 Central Time on a regular time.